and it's called Making Your Life Count Today and Forever. It's driven by eternity, a lot of scriptures, but I'm going to give you three powerful points at the end. It's not going to take long, so you're ready for it? 2 Corinthians 5.9, let's throw that scripture up. God bless you. So just, just hang with me, just draw from this this, this, this word, because it will bless you. So we make it our goal to please Him. It is a bit like that. We make it our goal to please God. Is Pastor Julie a bit like that? Yeah, I think she is. She just wants to please God, man. I mean, she's at top shelf. Every decision is about pleasing God. Is that pleasing to God? I don't know how many movies we walked out with the kids, you know. What's wrong with Men in Black? What's wrong? We, we just thought it was weird uh, but maybe we could watch it now but men in black 10 years ago couldn't watch it now julie says but you know we just want to please god so we make it our goal to please him whether we're at home in the body or away from him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good or bad 2 corinthians 5 11 since then we know that it is since then we know what it is to fear the lord we try to persuade others, other people, men, what, uh, what is plain to God. And I hope it, it is also plain to your conscience. So we're a little bit driven. We're a little bit compelled to, to get the gospel out there and, and, and to speak up about it. I don't know how many people I witnessed to on my four or five days away at the campground and stuff like that. Just dropping in seed and uh, hopefully blessing people. But I feel compelled. The ultimate goal of the universe is the church. Let me blow you away with that statement. The ultimate goal of the universe, because God created the universe, is the church. But there is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual battle for the kingdom to come, for the church to arise, for souls to be saved. In fact, there's a great history of this battle, but it's his story. History but it's his story of trying to redeem mankind, especially through Abraham. Abraham, you've got to study him, people. You've got to study Abraham because it all starts from him of what you know, all this is about. So just get a handle on who Abraham is, please. There is a spiritual battle. I have to tell you that. Church has fallen into the trap of how to better your life through being sensible and being principled and being nice but niceness, the devil doesn't, he, he doesn't respect niceness. You know, he, he just doesn't. You've got to tell him to get lost, hairy legs. You've got to pray and you've got to, you've got to give him that look and you've got to skadoot him with a pointed finger and declare him out. Go in Jesus' name. Get off my children. Get off my husband. Get off my wife. Get off, get off, get off. That's spiritual warfare. How many people we got sick today? Just ask you that question. Spiritual warfare. (laughs) Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things, meaning the entire cosmos. He he created the whole cosmos, the whole universe. And we know that God causes all things, meaning the entire cosmos, to work together, meaning cooperating for good to those that love God, meaning the church, to those who are called according to his purpose, meaning the bride. So Jesus is perfecting a bride. He's perfecting a church that at the end of the day, that'll be Jesus' companion. That's some heavy theology for you, but it's true. 
God is perfecting a race of people who will be the bride. Pure, spotless, without wrinkle. They are sold out. They are bananas for Jesus' believers. They are absolutely lovers of God. Lay down lovers of God. Throw me over the barbed wire like the war days. Throw me over the barbed wire. My mates can run over the back of me and on they go. It's a bit like that. You ever see that in the war movies? Yeah, it's pretty radical. Revelations 3.21. So the whole cosmos, the whole universe is in this conspiracy of God manipulating things and making it work to the benefit of the church. That's how important the church is. The church is a place where you visit and you do some sort of patsy religious stuff and you walk away from the church and you live your life. No, the church is the most profound institution on the face of the planet. This church meeting right now, believe it or not, is the most important meeting on the central coast along with the other churches. Praise God. Revelation 3.21 says, To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. You need to be an overcomer. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Words of Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear. Jesus is speaking, man. The Lord is speaking. Who believes the Spirit of God is speaking right now? I believe he's speaking so clearly. That's why we have to prophetically preach a lot. I believe that. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is basically the climatic purpose of the entire universe is for this bride of Christ to be perfected on this, in, in this, on this planet, to, to, to pull together this magnificent church, these breed of people that are his, that are God's people. How's he going to do it? It's through prayer and it's through faith. It's absolutely every major, every major ministry. The Bible alludes to it. The Bible teaches it. The only way we can see this happening is through prevailing prayer and faith. Prevailing prayer and faith. You need to have faith. You need to run your life on faith. Pull into the Bowser and find the faith Bowser. Don't use the other stuff, philosophy of man, vain imagination, good intentions. Don't use that stuff. Pull into the Bowser and insist on faith. My car runs on faith. Where is that Bowser? Do you know what I'm saying? The other thing is prevailing prayer. Get a prayer language. Please, do it. Get it. Create it. Do it. You will need it. You'll need it now and you'll need it in the future. Amen? This is a little bit about you being called. Ephesians 1.3 Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Man, you are just absolutely blessed. Can I just say that? Amen? You are absolutely blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's there for you. Therefore, you why? To equip you, to empower you, to, to anoint you to give you the giftedness, the, the ability to bring on the kingdom and build the church. That's the sort of people that Garth needs in SG. People who know that they are gifted with spiritual blessings beyond their own imagination. Where is this spiritual blessing, Pastor Phil? Trust me, it's in you, on you, around you. Get it. It's there for you to take. Claim it in Jesus' name. Amen? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. 
That means you've been chosen from eternity. God lives in eternity. God lives in eternity. This time frame, this realm called time, God doesn't, you know, he, he comes and he's here, but this is just so minute. He's just got to do something in this thing called time. He's got to perfect his bride. He's got to build his church. He's got to do that. But we are destined for eternity. Don't get caught up in this shallow, materialistic world. It can easily deceive you thinking, wow, this is all it. This is great. I've arrived. No. Push that back. Look to eternity. Look to God. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons, to be like Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and his will. He has a will for you. It's, for his good, it's his good pleasure to form you into Christ, to be like Christ, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us and the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through the blood. Great um, communion message, Garth. Awesome. Give it up for Garth. He's awesome. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Lavished, man, with all his wisdom and understanding. You have wisdom. You have understanding if you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and understanding. I don't understand what God has for me. I don't understand God's will. You can and you can have it if you lean into the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known the mystery of his will. What is the purpose of my life? There must be some people here tonight not used to church saying, what is the will for my life? Well, I, guess what? I've got some good news for you. And it's coming up very shortly. And he made known to us the mystery of his will. And according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together, together under one head, pulling it together under one head, Christ the head, pulling, he's pulling things together. All things are being turned around. For good, it's turning, it's being pulled, it's being brought in. He's pulling it together, turning it around, everything in your life, in the cosmos, in this universe. I love that stuff. And he's doing it so that your calling, your will may be perfected for his good, good pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Romans 11, 20, uh, 29 in the NLT for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Meaning that you have gifts that are irrevocable. That you're born gifted to help bring the kingdom on. To build the church. No, you don't understand. I've got no gifts. No, no you don't. I'm, I'm the receptionist. I, uh, I work uh, at retail. I no, you are gifted. You're like Vicky, man. She can bring the presence of God in. She's got that. She didn't know she had it. We told her she had it. You got the gift, sis. You get up there and bring it on. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. You bang, lay hands on her, bless her, anoint her, and bang. Look what happened tonight. You are all gifted. Every single one of you are gifted and purposed to do God's will on this planet. Especially you, sister. Awesome. All of you. India. Look at this one. Going to uh, six months. India, you've been paid up to go to India for six months. What is that? God, God purposed that. Orphanages for six months. And someone gave you a scholarship? Is that what you're telling me? That's awesome. Because that was in your heart? The desire of your heart was to do that? And it came about because the Bible says if you seek God and, and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Did something like that happen for you, sis? 
And that's awesome. Because God's accelerating his plans. God's accelerating his plans through the young people. And the young people are hitting the, the mission field and they're, and they're preaching and they're, they're playing music and they're worshipping, leading and, and they're building the church and they're only 15, 16, 17, 18. Just like the disciples when he called them. John, Peter, 17, 18, 19, come on. The gift is irrevocable. It cannot be withdrawn. Two major categories are in the believer's judgment. I said this, building of the kingdom, and two, how we built individual lives. How we built other individual lives. And how you allow God to build your life. Two major areas that will be judged on. Psalm 127 verse 1 says this, that somehow, by the grace of God, that we're going to help build the church. And it goes like this, 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain. What are you you saying, Pastor Phil? What are you saying? A lot of what God wants to do through us is through the simplicity of just our humbleness. And it's not about us being trumped up and, and prideful and our own strength and what we can do. God says, no, I'm going to build my church like this, Zechariah 4.6. Not by might, not by power, not by your cleverness, not by your strength, not by your ability, not by your talent, not by your skill, not by your vision, not by your presumption, and not by, but it's going to be built by people who are humble, broken, contrite, as it says in Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2, people that are broken, contrite and humble, God's going to build through those people. So don't look at people and think, how could they? You, you wait. Look at Jason Smith. How, look at Jason Smith. He looks, man, man he, he's got trouble with his diet. And he's, man, but he's been to India where, where if you've got that sort of stuff happening, you're sort of in a bit of trouble. But he goes to India for four months, holds all his food down, but, uh, you know, but, but he's got jelly belly. That's all, you know, but God says, Jason, the world says you've got jelly belly. I don't care. Be- what is that? Jelly belly. Jelly belly, what I say? Like jelly? Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm going to send you to India. I'm going to send you to India. I'm going to bless you and grace you and anoint you to do what I've called you to do and purpose to do. In the very beginning. And despite what this world's given you as, a, as a, uh, some sort of infliction, because Paul had an infliction, we still don't know what it was, God says, that ain't going to matter, Jason. I'm going to send you to places where seemingly you need to be strong and iron stomach, but you're going to go to India and work in the third world sort of slums and and be able to pull that off, that's amazing. That's our God. That's our God. Not by my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It is a man cooperating in obedience to the Holy Spirit that brings results. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are building the church. I love this stuff. 
Okay, here it is. Three, three ways that you can know your calling. Say, know your calling. Say, I've got a calling. Say, I, I'm called. Thank you. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Meaning, even before you were born, God had prepared the good works for you to do. There is a purpose. There is a calling in your life. There is God's will in your life. Stay with it, my friends. Stay with that. And that is where the pay dirt is. That is where the great reward is. That is where the satisfied life is. Stay with that. Stay with God's plan. He's a plan. Number one, three ways you can know your calling. Have you sought God earnestly? Hebrews 11.6 And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, who diligently, not half-heartedly, not casually, not a wonder or I'm doubtful. No, those ones who are faith-filled, diligently seeking with a zeal that consumes us, that with approaching God. Now those people will be rewarded and those people will find their calling. It's just so true. And God does, just like Joseph, Moses, David, God just seemingly shows enough in that seeking, I think it happened for us, Jules, that in the seeking of God, in especially early 90s, when we were just besotted by God, we had a move of God through Australia and the world, and, and we just found God in a whole new dimension. And seemingly through that, we saw an overall picture of God for our life. We didn't have all the details, but just like Joseph, who had this impression that one day he would be a leader, that he would be someone with influence, but then the poor guy, he gets, what, arrested 10 years in jail. Hang on, that's not real good. 10 years in jail. Now we're, uh, he's completely the wrong direction. So don't get worried about that when you seemingly you're in the wrong place, the wrong direction, because after 10 years, God turns all things around for those who love him according to his purposes and plans. And all of a sudden, Joseph found him in the right place at the right time as a major influence of the people. So, you know, he can't give you all the details, but he will give you a general overview, like we try and do all the time. We say, there it is, God's building his church. This is the universe. All the universe is all about this, reconciling the church and building a people that will be his bride. The whole unit, wow, that's huge. Doesn't give you the fine details, but the fine details can come. Same with David. David's dropped in his spirit. The same thing. He said, man, something's going on. And then he ends up king. Just keep seeking God with all your heart. Keep seeking God. Proverbs 3, verse 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. It's not logical, guys. This call of God stuff is not logical. If you, if you, if you try and make it logical and lean on your own rationale, you're not going to make it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Where am I now? What's this all about? This is not logical. No, it's not. It, it just doesn't work in God's terms. It's, it's a walk of faith. It, 
It's a huge paradox at times. It's, it's a challenge of faith, but God, you know, help me. And, and the, your calling really is from your heart. The Bible says here, the Bible says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will direct your paths. It's about faith. Number two, have you planted yourself? Julie's going to preach this one day. She's tried to preach it twice. Can I just, can I just, you've tried to preach it three times because it's such a critical message to the church. So when I say planted, what does that mean? I'll try and explain it to you. Psalm 92 verse 13 says this. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Now the courts of our God can be judgment time. When you're judged, you're going to be in the courts. When you go to eternity and stand, you can stand in those courts and actually find yourself flourishing and blessed because you've done a good work on planet Earth. But also, you can be blessed here. And it happens by being planted. I love this stuff. Planted. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. He is building his church and his church is being built by you and I. It's these builders that are planted in the house that when they die to themselves, unless a grain of seed dies, it cannot become all that it's supposed to be. It remains alone. How many people remain alone because they do not die by planting themselves in the local church? Unless you die to yourself and plant yourself, not just attending church, but planting yourself in the vision of the house. Unless you die to your own vision, die to your own agenda, die to your own stuff and say, well, God, this is where you put me. I just know that. Well, allow yourself to be planted in the house and then you won't be alone. Who believes that sort of stuff? John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Isn't it amazing when you plant a seed that you're planting it into its destiny? If I plant a tomato seed, I'm planting it into its destiny. What's going to grow? A tomato. If, I plant a, if a Christian is planted, if a person is planted in this church, guess what's going to happen? They're going to grow into their destiny. That's how it happens. You don't transform and you don't get the kudos, you don't get the blessing, you don't get the wisdom of the house, you don't get the grace, you don't get the anointing if you don't plant yourself. You've got to let your roots go deep. And then you've got to let the pressure come around you. That's what happens with seed. Seed goes into the ground, the pressure comes around it, a bit of moisture on it. You become this God person. Go, who's that? Oh, that. Yeah. You become, who is this person? They've been here a year. Bill and Ben Flowerpot, man. And you've got to let the pressure come on you. You've got to get the hard knocks. 
and, and, the, and, and the stuff and the misunderstandings and the rejection and, and stuff and the pressure comes around you, a bit of moisture, but the sun and the word of God, and then you just start to, then you start to, then you start to germinate, propagate, and then you start to become who you're supposed to be in the house of God. And you start to carry the vision, carry the culture. You become a son of the house. You start to get blessed. You start to get the grace that I operate in to pray, you know, three hours a day. You get that on you. You start to get the grace to give. Man, I just find, I can give. What is that? That's the grace. That's because you planned it. If you're not planted in the house and you just attend C3 Tugger, no grace. Can't give. Can't pray. Can't worship. Don't know what these guys are on about. Move on down the line. Tumbleweed. Transplanted. Transplant. You know, if you transplant a tree so many times, it just ends up. You can have hundreds of those people in your church and they do. Wow, who are these people? Oh, they've been in so many churches. Oh, they've been transplanted. Oh, man, they've had the guts ripped out of them. Man, yeah. Why don't they get planted, man? That's where they'll flourish. <laughs> when the seed goes in the ground, it absorbs the vision of the house, absorbs when you tithe into the house, when you give to the house, when you let roots go down deep, you watch what happens. The third, third thing is this, are you entangled? So the first one was what? The second one was, are you planted? And the third one is, are you entangled? Jesus tried to get people to follow him all the time. Money held them back. Their security, own security. No, I've got stuff back happening back here, Jesus. I need to look after that. I've got some business happening back here. I need to look after that. Um, wrong relationships can hold you back. I'm nearly done. Long, uh, wrong, long, long, wrong, wrong relationships can. What about Delilah and Samson? Pull that great man of God down, Samson. Wrong relationships. Some, sometimes, guys, I have to say it, you need to lose that friend who's continually jerking you around, messing with your head, playing on your emotions, you know, whatever, whatever. You need to, you know, you need to say, sorry, <laughs> you're having a lend to me. Whatever you're going through, you need to let God work it out and then maybe down the line because there's some people that can be sort of poisonous for you. Amen? Is that cool to say? Weights that hold people back. Paul was very keenly aware of his life mission. He had a job to finish. He was also aware the job wasn't yet complete. It says in 2 Peter 1.12, 2 Peter 1.12, my last scripture, so, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you, you now have. 13, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. What are these things are about? They're about eternity. It's about eternity. It's about judgment day. It's about you were born for a reason, for a season. Let's all stand. God bless you. You've been awesome, very patient. Father, we thank you that, God, you have assigned us a mission. You have assigned us, Lord, a life to live. And my God, I thank you that you've purposed each one of us. Not one of us have been born onto this planet 
to just live their own way. Go my own way, Fleetwood Mac sang. Go my own way, go my own way. No. (laughs) Your own way. Go your own way. Yeah, okay. Makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Father, you have called us to live your way. Not our way that we've made up, conceived, imagined, but your way, Lord, which is a way that will bless others, build the church, bring on the kingdom. Father, I thank you for each and every believer in this house right now in the power of your Holy Ghost, in the power of your Spirit, in the power of your written word, in the power of your anointing. I pray this, that everyone in this place would know their calling by seeking you, by being passionate for you, that they would seek you, Lord God, with true faith, and that, Lord, you will reward those ones who seek you and impassioned by you to find you, to seek you, and that, Lord God, that they would be planted in the house, planted in the house of God to be blessed, to flourish in the courts of the Lord.